Well, Kyle Dubiswatch continues in this great city. He has not given the Penguins an answer yet. We'll have to see if that comes on Friday or next week after the holiday. But to start today's show, I'm going to pretend to be Fenway Sports Group and pitch to Kyle Dubis why he should take this job. That's coming up right after this. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Alan Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Just a little bit of a housekeeping note to start the show off. Really excited to be going to StreamYard on Friday. Going to have a brand new graphics package. Nice little new setup in terms of the video. This is going to be a big upgrade. It is a much better platform than Restream. Really looking forward to it. And for those that watch, especially, I think you all will really enjoy it. And then for the graphics on Twitter, those will be great as well. So let's jump into FSG, while Kyle Dubas should accept this job. Number one, Kyle, you have the core in place. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Crystal Tang, you are going to get at least three to five more years with them together. Sid has said he's going to play into his 40s. Chris Letang is signed for five more years. Evgeny Malkin is signed for a few more years. And they are all playing still at very high levels. Sidney Crosby this year, over 90 points. Evgeny Malkin almost hit 90 points. Both were over a point per game at age 35 and age 36. Letang had a bit of a rough start. His dad passed away. He had a stroke. Came back, though, looked like the player we saw last season. He's now going to have a full offseason to train. He is going to come back with a vengeance next season. You have the court in place that is gunning for a fourth Stanley Cup. And, Kyle, you already have the hard parts done. Is there work to be done with this roster? Absolutely. But you have the big three. You have Brian Rust. You have Jake Gensel. You have Ricard Raquel. All you got to do is figure out what you want to do with Jason Zucker. But the top six is in place. Five out of those six are signed for next season. All you'll have to do is figure out the outer edges of the roster, the bottom six especially, goaltending, maybe get a defenseman or two. But you don't need to go out there and acquire a bunch of players to play in your top six. That hard part is already done. You have the core players locked up to bargain level contracts. All you need to do is surround them with a better supporting cast than the last regime did. So that's number one. Number two, you will have full power. If we give you this job, again, we as an FSG, I'm pretending to be FSG here, you will have total control. Unlike what happened in Toronto, which has been reported by numerous outlets in Canada, he, he, you, you will not have to go through Brendan Shanahan, who was the team president up there for a move. You will not have to go through the board and to the ownership to make a move. And then it comes back down to you. You will have total control of whatever move you want to make. 
You will run our entire hockey operations department. You will have free reign to hire assistant coaches, make whatever changes you want around the roster outside of the big three. And this will be your team to construct. We're not going to hire a president of hockey operations to be above you. You would be the GM and technically the president of hockey ops. It would be your team. That is number two for FSG. Number three, the third reason why we think you should take this job. You know, even though Hextall and Burke left a mess, the city here will have your back. If they see you are making changes that look promising, this is a very, and I mean a very good fan base. They're beaten down a little bit right now just because the last regime, we didn't agree with some of their moves, especially in the bottom six on the back end goaltending. But if you're able to make some adjustments and the fans notice that and they see that you're putting together a more competent team for next season, they will rally behind you and they will be big fans of your work. And number four, you win with this team, you are going to forever be a legend because these core players, they are in their mid to upper 30s now. It is rare when you see a core this old win Stanley Cups in this modern day and age of the NHL. But look what look what Jim Rutherford did. Even though that the core was a bit younger, he still was able to, to come in here, change the team around a bit, even though the team was looking stale, got them back-to-back Cups. Did his tenure end poorly? Yes. But people will remember him most for bringing in those two Stanley Cups in 2016 and in 2017. Yeah, again, the tenure ended a bit poorly with his resignation, some other moves to the roster. But the first thing people think of when Jim Rutherford comes up will is the back-to-back cups. And if you are able to bring this city a cup with the moves that you make, you will forever be a legend in this city as a team's general manager. And lastly, we're all in. We have not we have no goal to rebuild. We would accept a little bit of a retool to make the playoffs for next season and beyond. But we want you to come in here and orchestrate us a winner. So, Kyle, what do you say? That is how I would pitch to Dubis to accept the job here. And obviously, I know family is very important. It's a wife and a kid up in Canada. They'd have to come down here to live. And I have been told that that is the big sticking point right now. You know, he he has the offer. Money will not be a problem. That's another thing I would, if I were Fenway Sports Group, money is no issue, Kyle. We will pay you whatever you want. Just give us the name of your agent and we will discuss a contract that works for you. Money is not an issue for our ownership group. Look who we're paying to manage our Liverpool team over overseas. That's the last thing I would say in terms of pitching to do this. But again, biggest sticking point is family. I think that's what it's going to come down to money and power he'll have. But the biggest question will be whether or not he feels like a, he wants to take this job quickly after being fired by the Leafs and B does he want to move his family several hours south of the border. 
So that is this first segment as I discuss my pitch to Kyle Dubas. Let me know if you have other points that you would make if you were FSG to Dubas. Let me down in the comments. You can send me a DM as well. We continue to have Dubas watch. Chris Johnston said today on his show, he said he's heard from people not directly involved in this situation that it's about 98% that Dubas will be taking the job in Pittsburgh. He says, I don't know if I can place my own percentage quite that high, but it seems like things are trending in that direction. We'll have to see. Again, I am just the messenger here. I have not heard that, but I figured I would pass that along and transcribe that for people on social media and for people here. If you want to go listen to the full quote, you can listen to the Chris Johnson show on Apple, Spotify. It's on YouTube as well. He's a very reputable hockey reporter. He does great work up in Canada. So that will do it for this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, we are going to discuss P.O. Joseph's season in review, the final of the six starting defensemen. What I liked, what I did not like, what I'm hoping he improves on for next season, whether I think he will be here for next season. I, I I have to say, because you never know, whoever comes in could look to make some changes to the back end. I don't think anyone really saw Mike Matheson being traded. I sure so I have to put that out there for people. So that's coming up after this commercial break. But before we get into that, we do have to discuss our newest sponsor, Bird Dogs. Attention active individuals. Are you tired of sacrificing comfort for style when it comes to your active wear? Well, introducing Bird Dogs, the game changer in athletic shorts. Picture this. Premium shorts designed for maximum performance combined with unparalleled comfort. Bird Dogs are here to revolutionize your workout routine with their unique built-in liner. These shorts offer ultimate support and flexibility, ensuring you stay comfortable during even the most intense workouts. And here's the best part. Bird Dogs are more than just workout gear. They're versatile enough to take you from the gym to the street without skipping a beat. They're also designed with pockets that actually work. Bird Dogs, they give you ample space to store your essentials while you're on the move. They are also made with premium, breathable fabric that keeps you cool and dry throughout your activities. They are perfect for the trails, the gym, or simply lounging around. They are also the shorts you've been searching for. Order your pair of Bird Dogs today and join the thousands of satisfied customers who have made the switch. Visit birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter promo code LockedOnNHL to get a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Bird Dogs, where style meets comfort and performance meets perfection. Get yours now and unleash your true potential. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at Star Penguins. And thank you all so much for making this your first listen today. We are free and available on all platforms. So let's finish off our starters for the defense here. We finished all the forwards. We'll do in the defense now. We'll get to Mark Friedman and Chad Ruedel and a couple other reserves later on next week and in the following weeks, and we'll also do the starting goaltenders. But let's finish off here, save the best for last, and do P.O. Joseph. Played in 75 games this year, and I really liked his offensive ability. Five goals, 21 points in these 75 games. I think that was my biggest concern of his going into the season was how much offense he was going to provide. Because, you know, before this season, he had only had 20 games of NHL experience. Not much. Five points in those 20 games. Eh, you know, he played in the 16 during the COVID-shortened season in 2021. Only played four games last season. But this was his first full year. And he didn't really drive offense that much. 
down the minors, down in juniors, but he made big strides with that this season. Again, five goals, 21 points. I really liked the presence he brought from the blue line. He can bomb a shot from the point. I would actually like to see him get more power play minutes next season over Jeff Petrie. You know, Petrie's never really been that good on the power play. His underlings are not super good when it comes to that. But I really liked what I saw from him in the offensive zone. It was defensively where I think he he just wasn't that good. You know, around the net, he lost a few 1v1s. The one that really sticks out to me was late in the season. The Penguins played the Canadians. And it, I have the game in front of me, actually. It was on March 14th. Anthony Richard scored in the third period. This was a 4-4 game. The Penguins were down 4-2. After the first period, they came back to tie it at 4-4 going into the, into the third. This was one of the games that, <clears throat> honestly, the Penguins will look back on and they'll say, hey, if we win this game, we, we make the playoffs. And there's a lot of other games you could say that about. But Joseph lets a stretch pass go a little over his stick. He's also playing too far up. And he lets Richard get an angle on him. He's able to snap it past Casey DeSmith, who was playing for a the goal that made it five to four. He just didn't do enough when it comes to that play. He read it wrong. He should have stayed a little back. If he pulls back there, he's able to break up. No, no, I shouldn't say break up that pass. Even though the pass gets to Richard, he's able to be in stride with him. And then he's able to break up the play before a shot gets to the net. I just don't think he played it well there. And we saw that honestly numerous times throughout the season where his defense was a little soft around the net, a little soft in the defensive zone. Maybe you can say it was partly due to him playing with Jan Ruda. Again, I don't really think Ruda had that good of a season. But I think his defensive work needs, you know, it, it needs to go a little further for next season. Still a very young player. I think he's going to be pretty good in this league. I don't think he's going to be maybe like a staple top four defenseman for this team. But I think he can definitely be a serviceable number five, number six guy for many years down the road. If he turns into a great number three, number four, that would be awesome. But I think right now his ceiling is a good, serviceable third line, uh, third line, third pairing defenseman. You look at the underlyings this season, the 75 games when he was on the ice, Penguins had 53.4% of the shot attempts. They also had 56% of the actual goals for, which is solid. 52% of the expected goal share, 53% of the scoring chances. 52% of the high danger chances, and then 57% of the high danger goals for, again, a good chunk of that was because of his ability to drive offense this season. He did all this in limited minutes. You know, he was only playing, what, 10 to 12, 13 minutes a night. He wasn't getting 16, 17, 18 to 20 minutes a night like some of these other defensemen were, like Crystal Tang, like Marcus Patterson. Heck, even Brian Dumoulin was getting that those kind of minutes, and it was just like, why? Because he, he would screw up worse than P.O. But again, I liked his offensive game. Defensively, he could improve a little bit. As for next season, I, I do think he'll be here. I could see the next regime, whether it's a Matthew Darsh, whether it's a Kyle Dubas, maybe looking to move him and trying to upgrade at that spot. But he's also a very young player where it's like, I don't think you should give up on him this easily. He, I mean, he, you know, he's only, he, he doesn't even have a hundred games of NHL experience. It's 95 right now. Close enough, but still not quite. You got to keep developing him. 
seeing if he has more to the tank offensively. And if you can work on his defensive game a bit, work on his 1v1 situations, work on his defense in front of the net, I think you can see a real good player for this team next season. He was you know, lauded as that best part of that original Phil Kessel deal. A lot of people, myself included, were excited about him because of his tape in juniors. Finally got up, looked good in some games, looked bad in some games. It was his first true season of NHL experience. You can't just give up on that heading into next season. So overall, I'm going to give him about, I think a solid B is fair. I don't think he was, you know, C minus bad or even a C. You can maybe argue with B minus C plus, but I'm going to give him a solid B for this past season. Again, if he's able to clean him up, clean up, excuse me, some of the problems defensively, I think you will see a, an even better player for next season. I would like to see him more on the power play. PK-wise, I think you have other players who are better suited for that role, I would say. But overall, liked his season. The offensive numbers were really impressive. His underlines were impressive. It's just getting to that work that I've discussed about 500 times during this segment. So that wraps up this season review of P.O. Joseph. Let me know what you thought about him down in the comments. You can also send me a DM. Do you think he had a good season? Do you, would you have him on the team next season? What do you think he has to improve on? what you think P.O.'s biggest strengths are, all of that good stuff. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to do some playoff talk, discuss the Florida Panthers and how they got to the Stanley Cup final, plus check in with the Vegas-Dallas game and just why the Stanley Cup final is probably going to start a lot earlier than a lot of people expected it to this season. That's coming up after this commercial break, but before we discuss that, we have to get into eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, you can head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you'll get your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, Elmer Show Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. So congratulations to the Florida Panthers. They sweep away the Carolina Hurricanes. Matthew Kachuk had a I'm him moment on Wednesday night, scores the game winner with four seconds left in the third period before it looks like it's going to overtime. Just a gut-wrenching way for the Hurricanes to lose this series. Lose a couple of them in overtime. Another one won nothing. And in this one, it looks like you're about to Maybe see if the third time is a charm in overtime. You lose with four seconds left and your season's over. Just gut-wrenching ways to lose. If I was a Hurricanes fan, I would be absolutely sick to my stomach right now. But the Panthers just have that team of destiny feel. They've won 11 of their last 12 games. Ever since going down 3-1 to Boston, they have turned into a completely different team. And they remind me so much of the LA Kings of 2012. They are getting that great goaltending that you saw from Jonathan Quick a decade ago. Sergei Bobrovsky, if it wasn't for Matthew Kachuk, I would be voting for him for the Conn Smythe. Honestly, you could have a case for Bobrovsky, 1A, 1B, with him and Kachuk right now. He has been ridiculous 
for the Panthers. And then obviously Kachuk, this has been a legacy performance from him throughout these playoffs. That This series, he was awesome, but in the playoffs overall, showing why, honestly, Gins, are there five better players in the league right now than Matthew Kachuk? Serious question. I actually don't know if there are. He's at least top 10 in my book. But you can certainly argue that he is a top five player in the game right now. I wish the Penguins had a player like that. And I know we've all been so spoiled with the core players that are here in the great top six talent that's come through. But Kachuk can score. He can pass. He can play defense. Oh, he'll get in your face. And he'll chirp your brains out. He is such an incredible talent. If I could clone the Penguins with like Matthew Kachuk, just literal clones, I would. He has been incredible for them. And they just have that team of destiny like feel. Carter Verhage has been great. Anthony Duclair has been really good since coming back. Sam Reinhardt. Brandon Montour has turned into a bona fide top pairing defenseman. Sasha Barkov. He has, he's been quiet at times, but he's still having a good playoff run. This is not a team. Either of these two teams, it's obviously going to be Vegas, I think. But Dallas is still in it technically right now as of this recording. This is not a team you want to face in the final. Honestly, I'm still probably going to pick against them because I've picked against the Panthers three years, or three years, three series in a row. They've won. You have to continue it, right? I'll pick against, I'll, I'll pick Vegas, assuming they get in, just because I'm sure the Panthers will win. But, you know, they have done such a tremendous job to show that, you know, why not us? They're fast, they're deep, they play great defense, and they're getting great, great, great goaltending. That's what you need to win the playoffs. They play playoff like hockey, and you have seen it. They kicked the crap out of the Maple Leafs and the Hurricanes, two of the best teams in the conference this season. They went 8-1 combined against those two teams. And the only one they lost was when the Panthers were up 3-0 in the series against the Leafs. It's crazy. Crazy. Congratulations to the Panthers and their fans. I love that they were throwing the rats on ice. First time in the cup final since 1996. Florida Vegas, assuming that's the final, is going to be a crap ton of fun. I am very much looking forward to it. But that does it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Really appreciate all of you guys tuning in, whether it's listening, whether it's watching. We'll see if Dubas Watch ends on Friday. I can totally see them doing a Friday news dump before the holiday weekend. If not, I assume it'll come next week. We will have to see whether he decides to take the job or if he decides to decline it and the Penguins have to go in another direction. But again, thank you all so much for tuning in. I very much appreciate it. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Friday.